Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted a written imprint of boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill their promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had men and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. You're listening to The Secret Teachings on The Fringe FM. 
Monday through Friday, you can catch us. If you'd like to contact the show, rdgable at yahoo.com. That's rdgable at yahoo.com. I am your host, Ryan Gable. As always, five nights a week for going on now officially with The Secret Teachings about five to six years. But for my personal radio experience, about 11 years this past weekend. So this is kind of like an anniversary week for us. A different show name, though, than we used to have. We used to be called The D Show. It's a little piece of the secret teachings history. little fun fact. We used to be called The D Show. Long, long time ago. Things have changed a lot since then. My voice has even changed. It used to sound like this. And now it sounds much more deeper like this. And yeah, that's thanks to this incredible RE20 microphone. But rather than talk about my microphone or my 11 years in radio tonight, I'm going to talk about something that perhaps more than any subject, perhaps more than any topic, creates a sense of immediate, hysterical, emotional reaction. And I want to know why that is. You know, you listen to other radio shows, like, for example, the last two nights you've heard me host Lighting the Void, and there's a huge difference, but also a very, very large similarity between Joe Roop and myself. And Joe kind of describes his show as a show where he's trying to figure things out, and Joe does it with more of an emotional approach. And then when my show comes on, when The Secret Teachings comes on, I do things with more of a logical approach, but I need to have a little more emotion. Joe needs a little more logic. We talk about this a lot, but that's what makes us, I think, good teammates here on The Fringe, back-to-back Monday through Friday. The reason I bring this up is because, in my mind, when I present a subject as a, as a topic, as, a, as, a, as a, perhaps even an observation of something, I can sit back externally from the show and I can listen to what I'm saying, and I'm listening and thinking, okay, I know that that thing that I just said could be interpreted a number of different ways. And some may interpret it to be, you know, aggressive or mean-spirited, and others might think that it's just funny, and others might think that it's, it's very reasonable and logical. I'm glad that you said that that needed to be said, but a lot of the time, I'm not saying it because of any of those reasons. I'm just talking, and I'm just observing. Like if I tell you that the walls in my studio are white, I'm not implying anything by that. You know, it's just an observation. Maybe you come in the studio and to you they look they look ivory. Well, okay. And you say, well, Ryan, your walls are ivory, not white. What do you think about that? I don't think anything of it. That's what you see. I see something different. That's okay. But those are walls in my studio. That's what the paint looks like in my studio. There are other things that when you say somebody's just living their truth, so leave them alone. I never quite understood what that meant, living their truth. You see this a lot nowadays, especially with COVID-19. Oh, well, they just believe that a mask works, so they're living their truth. And you say, okay, well, that's fine. I don't really care if they wear a mask. That's not really my concern per se. But when I show you like piles and piles of research that say masks don't work, And I know just by simply suggesting that, there are some people listening right now that think, oh, it's another mask show. Oh, it's a COVID show. Oh, he's going to bash me. No, I'm not doing any of that. I'm just, it's like, hey, look, I pull the evidence. And then people tell me, no, that's not correct because 
that's bias. All right, well, then show me where you get your evidence. And you don't have an answer. Like a guy just blocked me on Facebook who had been a, 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 well, I think he blocked me anyway. Maybe he's still listening. I don't know. But I made a comment on Facebook. I said, why exactly were Southern colonies, because we talked about this last night on the show, Rome didn't fall in a day. I said, why were Southern colonies, Southern states, opposed to a federal national government at the founding of the United States of America as a country? Why were they opposed to it if it was written by like rich white people who thought that they were better than others? Why, why was the, the so-called racist, slave-owning South opposed to that kind of language? Well, maybe it's because that kind of language didn't mean what we're told that it means. And this guy immediately says to me, oh, yeah, except blacks were considered three-fifths of a person. I said, well, that's stunningly inaccurate. That was a compromise the states made, and then they banned slavery. Well, they were still three-fifths of a person. It's like, wow, you don't understand what that, you need to read that the name of that three-fifths segment of the Constitution is specifically referred to as a compromise because southern states wanted slaves, other states did not want slaves, and they made a compromise, and then they banned slavery. Did it continue on? Yeah, but that's not because of the Constitution or rich white people who happen to believe in we the people and all men are created equal. It's just so preposterous, and I get so sick and tired of hearing it from people that do not do any investigation into what they're saying. It is, it's just baffling to me. It's really, truly baffling. And of course, of course, you know, you can use your, you can use your, your prestige if you have a degree in something and say, well, I have a degree, so I know what I'm talking about. You could, I mean, and I could do that here on the show. I'd be like, I've listened, I've done radio for 10 years and you don't know what you, no, it's, that's not what it is at all. Like I just find things interesting and then I share them with you. And when I share them with you, my intention is to learn with you. That's what I'm trying to do on this show, just like Joe Roop is trying to do on Lighting the Void. Like, I really just want to know. And I don't think that I can ever really fully figure out or have a complete understanding of any particular subject. So I just continue to read and I continue to learn. And when I say, hey, look, the walls of my studio are white, there's no underlying implication there. It's just an observation. When I tell you that I'm speaking to you through an RE20 microphone, it's you and you could perceive it to be a different kind of microphone. I don't care. I'm not implying anything. I'm not supporting anything. I'm not trying to demean anything. It's just an observation. That's all that it is. That's all that it is. You know, Merriam-Webster, the dictionary, they just changed the definition of the word preference. Preference now means to imply offensiveness. If you say, I prefer something, that's considered offensive now in the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. So they literally change the words or add more words, and the language shrinks and shrinks and shrinks, just like the dictionary in Orwell's 1984 just shrinks. But there are some words that are really important that should be like daily household words that we use, because let's look at a word like extortion. The word extortion is the practice of obtaining something, especially money, through force or threats or intimidation, could be through blackmail, something to this effect. And extortion is something that we experience on a daily basis. 
I mean, sure, now it's masks and vaccines and all of this, but extortion is something that it might not be criminal per se, might not be illegal per se, but, you know, a lot of people in relationships, they extort each other, you know, whether it's money or not is irrelevant, but they get something out of it that they want and they use the threat of uh, the threat of force or other kinds of threats to obtain what they want. I mean, boyfriends, girlfriends, husbands, wives, they, uh, they extort each other all the time. So extortion is just, I'm saying, a part of like everyday life. We, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a negative thing. Like we, we, we kind of extort our children sometimes. Like, hey, you don't clean that up, you're going to go to bed early. Well, that's kind of extortion, isn't it? Hey, look, look at this mess I have on you. If you don't clean this up, you're not going to get any dessert. You're going to go to bed. And we don't like thinking like that because we think the word extortion, oh, that's some negative criminal action. But no, we do this to each other. You might think, why, why am I talking about extortion? What does extortion have to do with anything? Well, I came across an article that, once again, I just, I'm always baffled by it. I'm always stunned by it. The Associated Press reported this out of Berlin. So the AP in Berlin reported this today. Germany, you know, the government of Germany is giving $662 million, and I don't know where they get this number at, $662 million in aid to Holocaust survivors. Germany has agreed to provide more than half a billion euros to aid Holocaust survivors. But just Holocaust survivors in this case struggling under the burden of the coronavirus pandemic. The organization that negotiates compensation with the German government said on Wednesday, the payments will be going to approximately 240,000 survivors around the world, primarily in Israel, North America, the former Soviet Union, and Western Europe over the next two years, according to the New York-based Conference on Jewish Material Claims Against Germany, also referred to as the Claims Conference. Now, if you've never heard me speak about a, uh, a book written by Norman Finkelstein before, take note of this book, Norman Finkelstein, The Holocaust Industry. And he talks about the Claims Conference. And if you didn't know, Norman Finkelstein is a, is a Jewish individual. And he talks about the Claims Conference in this book. And he talks about how after World War II, the subject of the Holocaust was not such a widespread subject, and maybe there are many different reasons for that, but it was actually decades later, he documents in this book, decades later that the subject of Jewish suffering and concentration camps and all of this became much more well-known and popularized. But it didn't become popularized in the sense like, hey, look, we've got all this information and all this evidence and all this stuff, and we just want the world to remember the horrible things that happened. No, it be, it's, it, it, it's a little different. It became like, a, like an extortive process to extract money out of countries that were supposedly involved in carrying out these atrocious cli- uh, crimes. And uh, let, me, let me just read you a quote from the Finkelstein book. The German government sought to compensate Jewish victims with three different agreements signed in 1952. Individual claimants received payments according to the terms of the law on indemnification. A separate agreement with Israel, which was actually founded by the Nazi party, interestingly enough, and uh, if you want to look that up, it's called the Havara 
which is a Hebrew for transfer, I believe, Havara Agreement. Um, Joseph Goebbels, the propaganda minister for the Nazi party, he actually coined a, uh, a coin. They created a coin. They pressed, they minted a coin with a swastika on one side and a Star of David on the other. You can still look uh, images of this up. I think they have them in museums. So Finkelstein writes, A separate agreement with Israel subsidized the absorption and rehabilitation of several hundred thousand Jewish refugees. The German government also negotiated at the time, at that same time, a financial settlement with the Conference on Jewish Material Claims against Germany, an umbrella of all major Jewish organizations, including the American Jewish Committee, American Jewish Congress, B'nai B'rith, the Joint Distribution Committee, and so forth. The Claims Conference, which just allocated by extorting and stealing from the German government over half a billion euros, the Claims Conference was supposed to use the money at the time, back then in the 50s, $10 million annually for 12 years. So do the math there. Or about a billion dollars in current value for Jewish victims of Nazi persecution who had fallen through the cracks in the compensation process. After reaching agreement, the conference issued a press release underlining that the monies would be used for Jewish persecutees of the Nazi regime for who the existing and proposed legislation cannot provide a remedy. The final accord called on the conference to use monies for the relief, rehabilitation, and resettlement of Jewish victims. Finkelstein goes on to explain in more detail how that in a flagrant breach of its letter and spirit, the conference, rather than taking the money for the Jewish victims, just hang on, hang on, rather than taking the money for the Jewish victims, this is very well documented, the conference that just extorted billions of, basically half a billion dollars from Germany recently, like in the last couple of days, just for Holocaust COVID survivors, but have extorted tens of billions over the, over the last half century. The conference earmarked the monies not for the rehabilitation of Jewish victims, but rather for the rehabilitation of Jewish communities. Finkelstein says, Indeed, a guiding principle of the claims conference prohibited use of monies for direct allocations to individuals. In a classic instance of looking after one's own, the conference provided exemptions for two categories of victims. Rabbis and outstanding Jewish leaders received individual payments of extorted money. Individual payments of extorted money. The constituent organizations of the claims conference used the bulk of the monies to finance various pet projects. They extorted billions of dollars and then used it for their own benefit. It didn't go to Jewish victims. They stole billions of dollars, and it continues today, like literally today. Literally today, like today, when you woke up this morning, today. The German government paid out half a billion euros, half a billion, to a handful of Jewish people who were considered to be suffering as a result of the coronavirus. And as a result of that, this money goes into a black hole of the tens of billions that have been extorted out of Germany and other countries after World War II, most of which never went to any so-called victim. According to Norman Finkelstein, Norman G. Finkelstein, the Holocaust industry, he documents this in the book with reference material and shows that the claims conference that just extorted this money out of Germany today took the money and just gave it to whoever. 
rabbis, special individuals, even though it was prohibited by the conference agreement, they just went ahead and gave it to their, their criminal friends. Now, Finkelstein says, whatever benefits, if any, the actual Jewish victims received were indirect or incidental. Large sums were channeled to uh, Jewish communities in the Arab world and facilitated Jewish immigration from Eastern Europe. They also subsidized cultural undertakings such as Holocaust museums and university chairs and Holocaust studies, as well as a Yad Vashem showboat pensioning righteous Gentiles. Literally, literally, after World War II, billions were stolen from Germany and other countries, primarily Germany. And half a century later, more than half a century later, the Associated Press is reporting today that that same claims conference just extracted $662 million in aid for about a quarter of a million They call them survivors. They don't even call them Holocaust survivors. They just call them survivors. A quarter million, 240,000 Holocaust survivors around the world from Israel to Western Europe to North America to the former Soviet Union. And they've extracted this money from Germany to give to these people because of coronavirus. Are there really 240,000 Jewish people who suffered in a concentration camp who also are suffering from coronavirus? Think about that really hard. Oh, you're implying something. What do you mean? I don't mean anything. I'm just asking a question. Because Norman Finkelstein wrote this a long time ago. And when he broke this down about where this money went, he explains why I'm reading this article here in mid-October 2020 where Germany is paying out half a billion dollars half a billion euros, to COVID-19 victims who also happen to be concentration camp or Holocaust survivors. He says they subsidized cultural undertakings such as Holocaust museums and university chairs and Holocaust studies as well as Yad Vashim and other things. That's where all the money goes. So the billions of dollars extracted, rightfully or not, That money was taken, it was dumped into museums, it was dumped into universities to create Holocaust study programs, and it was dumped into victim reporting sites, or it was dumped into programs to promote Holocaust awareness. Like one of the recent ones in 2020 is a virtual reality concentration camp experience. That's a real thing. I can, you know, I can, I can feel the energy. I can feel your energy. Ryan, this is a really uncomfortable subject. What are you talking about? You're a Nazi? And I just, I, I hear that and I wonder if I'm even speaking English. Maybe you think I'm like speaking aggressive German or something and that this is like early 1930s. I'm telling you, not from my research, but from Norman Finkelstein who documented where the billions of dollars went to the Holocaust industry. It was used not to help Jewish victims of Nazi persecution, but it was used to create museums and university studies and reporting programs and to create what he calls 
the industry because then once you create the industry and you have to constantly remember 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 you get new generations and more generations in the pa- in the distant future as in the past that will also be supportive of these programs and groups and almost a century later you can still be extracting billions of dollars out of the german government this is extortion one of the greatest forms of extortion, perhaps, that has ever been orchestrated in the history of the world, arguably. One of the greatest, at least. And you can say, well, that's, that's offensive, right? I don't really give a damn what you think it is. Because if you actually are listening to what I'm saying and you have an open mind, an open perspective, and you're hearing what I'm saying, then what people who are hearing what I'm saying are actually hearing is that the money that was supposed to go to the victims of Jewish persecution, Nazi persecution, the money that was supposed to go to those victims did not go to those victims. It went to creating a culture of Holocaust remembrance to a century later work to extract more and more and more and more money. Can you spare a shekel? I'm not going to spare a shekel, and it makes me really sick to my stomach to watch this continuing today when the history of it is just extortion and fraud. Oh, you're saying people didn't die? What are you talking about, man? I mean, people didn't die. What are you talking about? I'm telling you that the victims didn't get the money. The money was stolen, and it went to prominent Jewish leaders who lined their pockets And it went to creating museums and university programs to perpetuate the myth further and further and further to make more money. That's what it's used for. It's a great extortion. It is an industry, as Norman Finkelstein wrote in the book. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's a lot more where that came from. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us right here on The Fringe. Want more of The Fringe? Check out thefringe.fm for more information on your favorite shows. Also, don't forget to check out The Fringe mobile app or the other ways you can tune in through the Paranormal Radio app and TalkStream Live. Where the normal and paranormal collide, it's The Fringe FM. This is The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings or our website, thesecretteachings.info. If you'd like to hear more of The Secret Teachings, if you missed a show or part of a show, sign up to the ever-expanding archive at thesecretteachings.info. When you subscribe for a month or year, you get access to the full show archive to every show after it airs. You can download and stream unlimited episodes and share your login with friends or family. With your subscription, you can also get access on the website to all of Ryan's digital books and the ever-growing montage archive. 
Just visit thesecretteachings.info and click on the Donate Subscribe tab at the top of the page. Use the secure PayPal link and start your membership today. By subscribing, you support The Secret Teachings, The Fringe FM, Ryan, and yourself. My name is Alex Exum, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. What do you think would happen if you bring The Fringe FM together with leading voices in the paranormal and unexplained? What if no topic were off-limits from cryptids to conspiracies to astrology, psychic abilities, and even ufology? And what would happen if you broadcast this event in crystal clear video, streaming live around the world and allowing viewers like you to interact with their favorite presenters? Then you would have created the monster that is the Fringe Fest 2020. Two nights only, Friday, October 30th and Saturday, October 31st. For more information and to get your tickets, visit thefringefest.com. That's thefringefest.com. Trick or truth. The only thing scarier is not being there. That's Friday, October 30th and Saturday, October 31st. Get your tickets now before they sell out at thefringefest.com. Ryan Gable, your host, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings on The Fringe FM. The Fringe.FM is the network website, our website, www.thesecretteachings.info. If you want to contact us, rdgable at yahoo.com. So after World War II, after the Nuremberg Trials, billions and billions of dollars in current value, were extracted, no, extorted from countries like Germany. And that money, which was extorted from countries like Germany by the Claims Conference, which is a combination of the American Jewish Committee, American Jewish Congress, the Joint Distribution Committee, B'nai B'rith, and other Jewish organizations, that money that was taken was supposed to be in agreement used for Jewish survivors of the Holocaust. Instead, those billions of dollars did not go to those survivors. The billions of dollars went to greedy rabbis. They went to greedy, quote-unquote, Jewish leaders. The money did not go to the so-called survivors. The money was extorted, the survivors were exploited, and the money was stolen. And this was half a century plus ago. And today, in 2020, literally today, in 2020, the German government just paid out another half of a billion euros, $662 million in aid to Holocaust survivors. Now, you read that headline, from the AP in Berlin, and it would look like, oh, Germany gives $662 million to aid Holocaust survivors. 
this is a good thing because the Holocaust survivors are still struggling today. But then you read it and you realize it has nothing to do with the Holocaust. Literally, the Jewish Claims Conference or the Jewish Material Claims Against Germany has extracted half a billion euros out of Germany today for what the article from the Associated Press says is an agreement to provide more than half a billion euros to aid Holocaust survivals, uh, survivors struggling under the burdens of the coronavirus pandemic. That's a lot of money. That's a lot more than Americans got, isn't it? What did you get, like a $1,200 check? <laughs> you got like maybe $1,300? Maybe they sent you two? Ooh, you got three grand. You know, maybe some people got that much or $4,000. Or if you went on unemployment, you could you could make quite a bit of money. But if you're a Jewish American in North America, you know how to manipulate the system. 240,000 Jews are receiving half a billion euros from the German government today in October of 2020 because they are, quote unquote, suffering. They're struggling. That's the word they use, quote-unquote, struggling under the, quote-unquote, burdens of the coronavirus pandemic. Is Germany giving their own citizens this kind of money? Or did the claims conference just rob the German treasury and then start distributing the money to Jews in Israel, North America, Western Europe, and all over the former Soviet Union? And you wonder why there's a stereotype of the Jewish community. Maybe it's because of that in 2020. Maybe because your average Jewish individual, just like your average Muslim individual. In fact, let me give you an example of this. Your average Muslim, in my experience, is far more open-minded than your average Christian or your average Jew. Usually, and generally speaking, Muslims are more open-minded, and Muslims believe in most of the same things that Christians believe. But you wouldn't think that if you listen to Western media tell you about Islam. And the funny thing is, Islam, and especially Islamic countries, regardless of what your politics are, most of the Muslims in the world in those countries, are Arabs. And Arabs are Semites. And therefore, if you want to speak very generally and in a petty way, to say that you have an issue with Islam, to say that you have an issue with Muslims, or you think like Muslims are whatever you think they are, wouldn't that be anti-Muslim or anti-Arab or... I don't know, by definition, anti-Semitic, since Arabs are actually Semites. Most of them are Semites. There are dozens of Semitic tribes. Arabs are Semites. So I think that would maybe make you anti-Semitic. The funny thing is, there are large numbers of people from the White House to, you know, little tiny organizations that claim that they're like Zionists or that they believe in the state of Israel, but they're not actually Jewish. They don't have Jewish mothers, as the tradition typically goes. So they're not actually Jewish, but 
they still claim anti-Semitism. Well, you're not a Semite, so it's not anti-Semitic. But besides that, you know, this, this terminology is strange to me because most of the world is not um, Semitic. So if most of the world is not Semitic, then the rest of the world is Gentile. So if it's so easy to simply say, you know what, I don't think that this is right that the German government's paying out another half a billion dollars to Holocaust survivors who are struggling with the coronavirus pandemic. They say that's anti-Semitic. Well, what about all the people in Germany not receiving what I, I would imagine is taxpayer money that instead is going to uh, Jewish people all over the world? Isn't it kind of anti-Gentile? You might think I'm being petty. I'm being very serious. I'm being very serious. Isn't that kind of anti-Gentile? I find that strange. So that's a lot of money, is the point. It's a lot of money being taken. Lots and lots of money. Half a billion dollars. Half a billion euros. Over half a billion U.S. dollars being taken. And then here's another article. This is from Reuters. This just came out, too, a day or so ago. Facebook to ban content that denies or distorts the Holocaust. Now, if it distorts the Holocaust. You see these words? Survivor, denies, distorts. These are not the words that are being used by Jewish survivors of the Holocaust. These are words being used by people that are exploiting Jewish survivors of the Holocaust. Facebook said on Monday of this week, it was updating its hate speech policy to ban any content that denies or distorts the Holocaust. Well, Mr. Zuckerberg, what exactly would you define as distortion or denial? Well, Zuckerberg said, I've struggled with the tension between standing for free expression, <laughs> yeah, I bet he has, and the harm caused by minimizing or denying the horror of the Holocaust. My own thinking has evolved as I've seen data showing an increase in anti-Semitic violence, as have our wider policies on hate speech. Well, Zuckerberg's not really using the Holocaust to make money, but as a frontman for whatever it is that he represents, they're using the Holocaust to justify banning language and banning free expression and banning open dialogue and communication. You know, if you feel this way, you feel like this, this throbbing, bleeding heart for the Jewish community, you should be absolutely furious about what the claims conference, what Zuckerberg and Facebook and what others have done to those Jewish people, because they are using them to make ungodly amounts of money. They are using them to justify their political biases and to ban speech on social media. I don't care what you think about anything that I've said tonight, but if you ban content one time because you think it's justified, you think it's offensive, you think it's justified, even if it's false, and we all agree that it's false, it still probably shouldn't be banned. Because if you set the precedent with banning one thing, it'll be two and it'll be three and it'll be four, and before you know it, nothing will be off-limits. They'll come for everybody, and they'll ban everything. 
and then you won't have access to any information. So Zuckerberg says, I've struggled with this. I'm not sure what to do, but I think we, we need to stop the debate on free expression. We need to ban Holocaust denial, but also Holocaust distortion. So now they claim that if you distort the Holocaust, they'll block the content on Facebook. That is just bizarre to me. What is distortion? What is denial? What is a survivor? See, when you use these terms in a very, very broad way, it can become incredibly confusing for the objective observer or for the emotional observer. If you deny something, you declare that it's untrue. And all you have to do to be called a Holocaust denier is to say one of a number of things I've said tonight, like, why is Germany paying over half a billion U.S. dollars, half a billion euros to 240,000 quote-unquote survivors of the Holocaust who happen to be struggling with the coronavirus pandemic. Wouldn't that money be better suited for maybe the German citizenry, for the German economy? Wouldn't it be better suited for Germans or at least Jews in Germany? You know, rather than sending billions of euros to Jews in Israel or North America or the former Soviet Union or Western Europe, doesn't that just seem like strange? It seems so bizarre. I don't understand this. This doesn't make any sense to me at all. I'm confused by this. So if I say I don't agree with that, well, you're denying the Holocaust. No, um, that's, that's because you've changed the definition of denial. You're using the word denial as a weapon to associate me with something so you can discredit what I'm saying. That's what you're using the word denial for. But then Mark Zuckerberg says if you distort the Holocaust now, then that's also going to be banned. Okay, well, what does distortion mean? It means to pull or twist or give misleading or false accounts of something. Okay, well, once again, just to suggest that because you disagree with someone who's Jewish means that you're anti-Semitic, I actually think it means you're anti-Gentile. And I actually think that a lot of Jews aren't actually Semitic. And that's not an opinion, that's a fact. And a lot of Arabs are Semitic. And so if you don't like Islam, then that makes you anti-Semitic. These are just observations. These are factual statements. And yet, to suggest these in the minds of the collective cult, they think, no, this is a distortion. You're giving people misleading information. That half a billion euros from Germany, that's going to coronavirus victims who the coronavirus is clearly anti-Semitic. It's tar- the, the coronavirus has targeted a quarter of a million Holocaust survivors. Did you know that? That's what it says. 240,000 survivors around the world dealing with the burdens of the coronavirus pandemic and the German government and the German people. I know we have listeners in Germany. You're paying for that. Somebody's paying for that. So like literally a wealthy Jewish financier living in the United States of America in a big mansion, let's say, a bunch of cars and servants, and that individual is going to get a chunk of money from the German government simply because they're Jewish and simply because they're a survivor. But wait, we didn't define that word yet, did we? 
You ever do the math? There's no physical possible way that if you define a survivor as someone who was in a concentration camp and was almost put to death and suffered through all these atrocities, that there can be so many of these people alive today. If you were an infant in the 40s, you would be in your 80s today. You're telling me that there are literally millions and millions and millions and millions of Jews today that were survivors, that deserve Holocaust reparations, and they deserve coronavirus pandemic relief from the German government when they live in Israel or North America. Is that what I'm supposed to believe? Well, it's not true. It's absurd. It's actually a distortion, so they should be actually banning that on Facebook if they're going to ban something for distortion. But what it tells us is this. It tells us that the word survivor is a much more generalized term. What it tells us is if you were living as that Jewish financier in America, but you were doing it in the 1940s, and you weren't in a concentration camp, you, you weren't in a war, you weren't a prisoner of war, you were working for a big bank or something in the 1940s and amassing all this wealth. Well, if you existed in the 1940s, if you existed in the late 1930s, if you were a child or you were a baby, if you were conceived, if you were in your mom's womb, you are a survivor. And therefore, as a survivor, you can make claims for which the Jewish Material Claims Against Germany conference, the claims conference, will go after Germany and steal money for you, even though you were living a very nice, safe, secluded lifestyle in another country. That's what a survivor means. And you know what? I guarantee you there have been probably hundreds of people tonight already that have been you know, flipping in and out, and they just, they're, they're, they're having like seizures because of what I'm saying. I'm not going to focus on those individuals. I mean, if there's one person listening, I'm, 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 I'm happy that you're listening. And I think that you know that I, there's like, the walls in my apartment and my studio are white. It's an observation, okay? People that are survivors under any definition are being exploited by large organizations that are extorting money to this day from Germany. And when the original billions of dollars in today's value were siphoned out of Germany after the war, that money did not go to Jews, at least Jewish survivors. It went to people that were already wealthy, and it went to organizations and groups that created museums and created Holocaust study programs and Yad Vashem and all of these other things to perpetuate the need for more of it. You see what I mean? To perpetuate the need for more of it. The more museums, the more movies, the more documentaries, the more Holocaust study programs, the more VR headsets that you can put on to experience a concentration camp. The more of this that we have, the more we need and the more money we need. So it just keeps increasing and increasing, 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 increasing. All this money is just siphoned, extorted, stolen. That's what's happening. So if you're thinking, well, Ryan is just an anti-Semitic white supremacist Nazi, why do we have to like specifically condemn white supremacy and Nazism? What exactly is it about white supremacy and Nazism that like that has never happened in the history of the world before? Why is that like what's so hated? I never understood that. Why is it like, oh, Nazism is the worst thing that ever happened. White people, white supremacy is the worst thing that ever happened. What is so bad about Nazism and white supremacy 
compared to the atrocious, horrendous crimes of other, well, Chinese people like Mao Zedong or people like Joseph Stalin or Pol Pot, you know, what about the crimes these people committed? Weren't they at least as equally horrific as whatever the Nazis did? You know, here's the thing, like, just because I don't condemn something directly doesn't mean, like, I support it. What, what, what are you talking about when you suggest that somebody must be a Nazi because they didn't immediately say, oh, no, no, I don't want to talk about Hitler. He's an evil person. What are you, what are you talking about? Joseph Stalin was way worse than Hitler. You know how many, I've actually had people that have listened to this show and contacted me, and they've told me that they themselves had firsthand experience in the Soviet Union, growing up in communist Russia, and how horrific it was and how their ancestors, like how their mother, father, grandmother, grandfather, fled from the horrors of communism to Nazi Germany, knowing that it was going to be bad there too, but they fled to Nazi Germany because communism was way worse than Nazism, although it's basically another form of extremism. But the brutality of communism was indiscriminate in, in its killing. At least Nazism, to some degree, as we classify it, was discriminate. Well, you're justifying it. No, moron, I'm not justifying it. I'm trying to understand it. I'm trying to understand why Germany is still paying billions of dollars to Jewish people that live in other countries who probably aren't even suffering, totally, absolutely, completely subjective, just because there's a coronavirus, quote-unquote, pandemic, and they're going to get a bunch of money from the German government. That makes zero sense. Because it's not meant to make sense because it's extortion, just like the original large sums of money that were stolen out of Germany at the end of World War II. And so what really got me thinking about all this was a friend of mine sent me an article. I mean, he sends me stuff all the time. But he sent me this article that was really interesting because it was from West Virginia. And it came out of Morgantown, West Virginia, W-B-O-Y. And the reason that this is interesting to me is because I used to live in Morgantown. He still lives in Morgantown as well. But he sent me this article because he saw it locally there in Morgantown. And here's what the article says. It says 11% of West Virginians believe it's okay to hold neo-Nazi views according to a survey. A new survey by the Conference on Jewish Material Claims Against Germany, there they are again, also known as Claims Conference, interviewed adults aged 18 to 39 by phone or online about their knowledge of the Holocaust and the prevalence of Holocaust denial, you know, like what Zuckerberg is censoring on Facebook. The study provided state rankings as well as national statistics. According to the survey, most national respondents, 56%, said they have personally seen Nazi symbols in their community and social media platforms they visit or have used in the past five years. Additionally, about a quarter, 23% of respondents said that either the Holocaust is a myth and didn't happen, the Holocaust happened, the number of Jews who died in it has been greatly exaggerated, or they were unsure. Now, all of these views, unless they are strictly in adherence with the Claims Conference ideology, are incomprehensible to a group whose goal is to spread this terror 
and to extort more and more and more money. So if people don't believe in it, oh my God, we need to make sure that more and more people get on board with this. We have to condition another generation to be terrified so that we can take their money too. 56% said they've personally seen Nazi symbols in their community. Listen, I have like probably hundreds of symbols hanging up in my studio, in my apartment. I have swastikas hanging up. That is the last time I've ever seen a quote-unquote, which is, this is this is just really funny, Nazi symbols. That's the last time I saw a Nazi symbol was, well, the, the, the old Nazi flag I have because I like World War II. That's the last time I saw a Nazi symbol. I have never been anywhere and seen a Nazi symbol. And I'm obsessed with symbols. I mean, I've traveled all over the country. I've been to Holocaust museums. I've never seen... In fact, that might have actually been the last time I saw a Nazi symbol was a Holocaust museum in El Paso, Texas. That was the last time. Where are these uh, Nazi symbols? Out there? Apparently, they're all over the place. Maybe I'm missing them. Or maybe they've just redefined and reclassified what a Nazi symbol is, you know. So maybe I've seen lots of Nazi symbols. Like last night, I was sitting down by the pier at Lake Canadagua here in uh, upstate New York. And I'm sitting down there at the pier in my car. I was having a rice cake and some birds landed on my car and I was watching the birds. And uh, while I'm over there, this big, enormous, like oversized redneck pickup truck drives by with music blaring and they've got these two large like wooden posts in the back of their of their truck and they've got a big American flag and they've got a big Trump 2020 flag. Well, some people think Trump's a Nazi, so I guess the Trump flag is a Nazi symbol. I mean, hell. Mainstream media in the United States has classified the eagle, the eagle, which is like the symbol, isn't that the symbol on the flag of the Iranian uh, the the country of Iran, like the Iranian flag. It's like the Russian flag, isn't it? Like the Albanian flag. It's like the Mexican flag. It's like several, uh, you know, several states use that. It's like the, the eagle is the national bird of the United States. So when they say, oh, these Nazi symbols are all around, well, that's because they've reclassified them. That's because they say, well, an eagle is a Nazi symbol. So they're everywhere. Just like Survivor and just like Denial and just like distortion. These are just words that are redefined and used to what they're doing is exploiting your emotions and your concern and all oh, the Jews were abused so we have to pay them money. Why should the Jews or any group of people be paid money like this? You don't see you don't see like Ukrainians today trying to rip off Russia for the the millions of people that starved to death under Stalin. Was there like a Holodomor claims conference with with a bunch of like descendant Ukrainian farmers that are trying to take billions of dollars from Putin's government? Have you ever heard of that before? I haven't. So here they are again, the conference on Jewish material claims. They're taking half a billion euros out of Germany, and they've made it all the way to Morgantown, West Virginia. Morgantown, West Virginia reporting this, uh, WBOY. And according to this survey in a national poll, 56% of people said they've seen Nazi symbols in their community. What are Nazi symbols, man? What does that mean? Oh, a Trump flag. Oh, that, okay, well, that, okay, that makes more sense in the sense that it's, you know, they consider that a Nazi symbol. So I guess, yeah, I've seen lots of Nazi symbols too. Part of the data had to do with specific knowledge of the Holocaust and gauging what people know about facts. Out of the national survey, and why didn't they just say, like, what people know, not about facts? 
Out of the national survey responded, 63% did not know that 6 million Jews were murdered. And 30, well, you see, even that, that's, that statement is not even accurate as per the official history of the so-called Holocaust. I say so-called because Holocaust just means mass death by fire. All right? And if 6 million Jews did die, 6 million Jews weren't necessarily directly murdered, were they? A lot of people died from starvation and disease. You know that, right? Like a lot of people died from starvation and disease. Even Heinrich Himmler, even Heinrich Himmler in an interview with a representative of the World Jewish Congress, right before the end of the world said, uh, war, said this, in order to put a stop to the epidemics, we were forced to burn the bodies of incalculable members of people. See, they actually had epidemics where people were dying in mass numbers. Incalculable numbers of people who had been destroyed by disease, like typhus, for example. We were therefore forced to build crematoria, and on this account, they are nodding a noose for us. Now, Heinrich Himmler, ah, he's biased. Okay, well, he, okay, Heinrich Himmler, of course, he's definitely biased. Well, how about the, uh, the statement of this individual? Here, this individual is an interesting individual because this individual was actually, uh, as far as I understand, uh, the individual was, uh, was there. He went there. Uh, and checked it out. And uh, he said that he uh, he saw something interesting. Stephen Pinter, a lawyer for the United States War Department in the occupation forces of Germany and Austria, for six years he spent there. And here's what he said. I was in Dachau. That was the first camp where they rounded up communist, 80% Jewish, revolutionary communists. I was at Dachau, was in Dachau for 17 months after the war as a U.S. War Department attorney and can state that there was no gas chamber at Dachau. What was shown to visitors and sightseers there and erroneously described as a gas chamber was a crematory. Well, that's just like what Heinrich Himmler said. Nor was there a gas chamber in any of the other concentration camps in Germany. We were told that there, uh, there was a gas chamber at Auschwitz, but since that was in the Russian zone of occupation, we were not permitted to investigate since... The Russians would not allow it. That is one of the most powerful statements right there. I'll explain in a minute. Stephen Pinter says, From what I was able to determine during six post-war years in Germany and Austria, there were a number of Jews killed, but the figure of a million was certainly never reached. I interviewed thousands of Jews, former inmates of concentration camps in Germany and Austria, and consider myself as well qualified as any man on this subject. In other words, the guy who was there sent to investigate by the U.S. War Department, said we could not get into Auschwitz because it was in the Russian zone of occupation. And he said from the, all the Jews he interviewed, which is another interesting thing because if they kill all these Jews, how are there 240,000 people that are Jewish being affected by the coronavirus today in 2020 getting reparations from Germany out of a claims conference that's been extorting Germany for almost a century? How is that possible? But what this guy says is they didn't make it into Auschwitz because Russia had control. Well, all the camps he went to, they didn't have gas chambers. They had crematoriums. Okay, well, then there's uh, an interesting point. Russia had control of these sites. And, uh, in fact, just in the 21st century, have researchers been able to go in and see some of them after the Soviet Union fell? So, if that were the case, we're relying on what the Russian Communist Party told us about what their enemy, the German Nazis, did. I'm not sure if you could find a more biased source of information. 
But when I look at what Steven Pinter says and others, they say, well, look, dude, I was there and I didn't see any of this stuff. And then others will say, well, I was there and I saw it. Well, again, we're mixing words because if you call it a gas chamber, well, it's a gas chamber. But if you call it a crematory, maybe it's a crematorium. You see, like distortion and denial and survivor. You just change the words. It's word magic. That's all that it is. It's word magic. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's more after this. Maybe you should stay tuned because what I'm saying is not what you think I'm saying, regardless of what it is that you think I'm saying. I'm not really saying anything. Just my studio walls are white. It's an observation. This is The Secret Teachings on The Fringe FM. Don't go anywhere. More after this. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. Why listen to The Fringe FM? We are your number one source for talk radio the mainstream media won't touch. Joe Root brings you everything occult with Lighting the Void. Ryan Gables shatters paradigms with esoteric knowledge on the secret teachings. Gigi and Cortana explore the inner workings of our reality with Shift Happens. Jess of the Rogue Report brings you years of research to explore the hidden facts behind alternative topics. And myself, Alex Exum of Live Talk, the so-called Joker in the deck. We are the Fringe FM. You could listen to this. And that show is now running all day Friday and all day Saturday on History Channel, which is really amazing. I don't know if there's any other show on TV that's doing that right now, so... I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week, and join us to explore the outer limits and quarantine zones of history, symbolism, parapolitics, myth, and more. We don't have insiders or some galactic confederation ambassador, but we do have books, memories, critical thinking skills, and an ability to recognize patterns. And we also know a little bit about a lot. But don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. Find TheFringe.fm Monday through Friday for new episodes of The Secret Teachings or check out TalkStream Live in the Paranormal Radio app. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info to subscribe to the entire show archive so that you can listen, stream, and download every episode after it airs. Subscribers also get access to our montages and digital books. www.thesecretteachings.info and The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on The Fringe FM. Don't settle for less. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence, David has no evidence, but... I hate this channel. Are you ready to explore the unknown and the secret teachings? Do you have everything you need? I've got my secret socks on and my secret TV and my secret TV channel. SpongeBob sounds ready. Are you? Mm-hmm. 
so you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on 24-7 with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes app store. Do you like the secret teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a practical, balanced, and unique look at the food industry, vaccinations, the theories of disease, and geoengineering, grab a copy of Food Philosophy. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. All three books can be purchased on the website at thesecretteachings.info, where you can read reviews from other authors and radio hosts around the world. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. What happens when you bring the Fringe FM together with the world's leading paranormal experts and influencers? What if no topic was off the table, including paranormal events, conspiracy theory, witchcraft, psychic abilities, astrology, ufology, and more? And what would happen if you broadcast this event in crystal clear video live around the world, allowing viewers to interact with their favorite presenters? You would have created the monster that is the Fringe Fest 2020. Two nights only, Friday, October 30th and Saturday, October 31st. Go to thefringefest.com for more info. Get your tickets today at thefringefest.com. That is thefringefest.com. Trick or truth, it's up to you. Join me on a journey where getting lost is the only true destination. Where happiness is an illusion. Here, where the past, present, and future all coexist on the same timeline. Welcome to a future where our true re- reflection is only revealed once the screen goes dark. Welcome to the darkness. I hope you find it enlightening. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting. Where the normal and paranormal collide, it's the Fringe FM. I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM. After World War II, the Jewish material claims against Germany 
conference gathered up what today amounts to billions and billions of dollars. And they took that money. It was supposed to go to Jewish victims of the Holocaust, but it did not. It went to wealthy Jewish rabbis and Jewish leaders, and it went to building an industry that Norman Finkelstein called the Holocaust industry, which was meant to perpetuate not necessarily a lie or even the truth to some degree or a myth or anything like that, but to perpetuate the idea that more and more money was needed in order to spread the word of the Holocaust. So they took this money and they invested it in museums and they invested it in the creation of college classes and in organizations that could make sure the public was informed about the horrors of the Holocaust and so that it would never happen again so that they would give more money to make sure that it didn't happen again. One of the greatest scams and cons, I mean, I have to give these people a round of applause. It is incredible. You could ask, Ryan, what are you talking about? You're saying this, you're saying that, you're saying this, you're saying that. No, I'm not saying that or this or this or that. This is a historical fact. The Conference on Jewish Material Claims Against Germany extorted billions of dollars, gave it to their criminal friends, and then used it to build up an industry to convince generation after generation of the horrors of the Holocaust, even if they're totally, I don't care if they're real or not real. I, I don't think that they're fake. I don't know why people think that because I say I don't agree with this extortion. Oh, you're denying the Holocaust. What are you talking about, dude? I don't know what you're saying. What I'm saying, though, is you have this group that has taken billions to give to their friends and to create an industry to remind you with guilt constantly. Holocaust, Holocaust, Holocaust. Give us money, 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 money. Can you spare a shekel? Well, this group, the Claims Conference, keeps coming up again and again and again and again. It's a group of Jewish organizations that, you know, your friend down the road who's got, like, curly hair, and who wears the yarmulke, he's probably not involved in this, okay? You know, the, the family that walks down the street on the weekend because they can't drive a car, they're probably not involved in this. You know what I'm saying? This is like a criminal group that blackmails, extorts, and uses fear and terror to extract money put into their pockets and their industry to perpetuate Again, it's not really a lie or the truth. It's just like to perpetuate this idea that we need more money. They're literally using billions of stolen dollars to convince you they need more stolen dollars. That's what the claims conference is doing. Oh, maybe they did some good stuff. Okay, so does the mob. That's what this is. This is literally the Jewish mafia extorting billions of dollars. So they come up again and again and again and again and again. That's from the Associated Press. Today, Germany giving out all that money to the Holocaust survivors. $662 million to Holocaust survivors, but not just Holocaust survivors. That's what the headline says, so that looks good. We'll just overlook that. And yeah, sure, that's, that's what people see when they, roll, they scroll through their news. Like, oh, look, there's Cardi B, and uh, oh, she's got a new song out. And 
Oh, look at that. They have a new sandwich at McDonald's. And oh, Germany gives $662 million in aid to Holocaust survivors. Good for them. I'm really glad those poor, innocent Jews got the money they deserved. And they just keep scrolling. They're like, oh, look at that. Justin Bieber's in the news. But they didn't read the article where it said that these so-called Holocaust survivors were given this money because of the coronavirus. Uh, That is just... I, I don't even have... I can't even comment on that anymore. That is unbelievable. But the same group that extorted all that money... They're in the news. This is from WBOY, Morgantown, West Virginia. My friend sent this to me who lives there. A new survey conducted, interviewed adults by phone or online about their knowledge on the Holocaust. And get this, it was conducted by the Conference on Jewish Material Claims Against Germany, also known as the Claims Conference. And according to the survey, they said that there are percentages of people who see Nazi symbols on a daily basis find that weird. I don't know what a Nazi symbol is. I guess they redefine that word. And about a quarter of respondents said that either the Holocaust is a myth and didn't happen, the Holocaust happened, the number of Jews who died, and it has been greatly exaggerated, or they were unsure of any of it. And all of these responses are unacceptable to the claims conference, and that's why they need more money for Holocaust education, because it's not about educating you in something that's true or false. I don't care if it's all true. The point is to terrify you and frighten you and use you and abuse you and hijack your emotions to get money out of you. It's a scam. You're saying that Jewish suffering's a scam, Ryan? No, I'm not saying that, man. What I'm saying is, why is this the only group that we're concerned with? Well, it's because this group has been used to make billions of dollars. There's no Holodomore group. Where's the Holodomore group at? Where's the, well, let me ask you that, where's the, Ukra- the conference on Ukrainian material claims against communist Russia? Where's that group at? Where's the Chinese conference on material claims against the communist party? Where's that group? Well, they're in a mass grave somewhere, probably. I could say it doesn't make sense, but no, I really can't even be hyperbolic. It, it, it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. And then, uh, it's pretty interesting, Stephen F. Pinter, a lawyer for the U.S. War Department, he goes to Germany for six years. He toured the camps. He toured the war zone. He spent 17 months after the war in Dachau as a War Department attorney. And he said, there's no gas chambers at Dachau. And you might say, well, hold on a second. That's his opinion. There are others that say there were gas chambers. Well, okay, maybe they're both right. Well, how could there be gas chambers and not be gas chambers? Maybe they're both right. Let me explain. And this is important. I don't care if you're talking about ghosts or Bigfoot. This is important because if you don't understand how words are used, this word magic, then it's going to be a lot more difficult to go through life without being abused and used by groups like the Claims Conference, people that extort you because of your emotions and how you don't understand basic wording like... This may do this. This may do this. This may, this may, this may. This could, 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 possibly, possibly. These are not definitive statements. To distort or deny something. Facebook is banning content that denies or distorts the Holocaust, but they don't give you a definition of what is denial or what is distortion. What the definition is by implication and context is that if you don't believe what Mark Zuckerberg says, then you're denying and distorting the Holocaust. What is a survivor? How can a survivor of the Holocaust be someone who was in a camp with a tattoo and made it out alive 
And that's the same kind of survivor as the person who was living it up in North America at the same time who had never even been to Europe. And yet they get money. They get money. Jews in America right now are going to get checks. Not your average Jew, not you if you're listening, but your rich Jews in America are going to get checks from the German government because of the coronavirus, even if they're the epitome of health. It's theft. And so here's what Stephen Pinter said. He said, now, there, there, there were no gas chambers here at Dachau, nor was there a gas chamber at any of the other concentration camps in Germany. We were told there was a gas chamber at Auschwitz, but we couldn't go in and see it. Why? Well, it was in the Russian zone of occupation, he said, and we were not permitted to investigate since the Russians would not allow it. Of course they wouldn't allow it because the industry, as Norman Finkelstein termed it, is supported, or at least was supported, by the Communist Party of Russia. Now, why would that be? Well, because, let's go back to Dachau. Dachau was a prisoner of war camp, and the people that were originally put in Dachau were communists, revolutionaries, trying to overthrow the German government like they did, but they were put down by the Freikorps in the early 20th century. A decade or so later, they tried it again, and Hitler put them down with a more extremist right-wing response. And then you get the extremist left wing in Russia, and they do the exact same thing. I don't want to live in either extremist government. I just wonder why they always ask you, denounce white supremacy, denounce the right wing. Well, why don't we denounce, like, the right and the left? Why don't we denounce, like, white and black supremacy? Why don't we denounce, like, true hatred in all of its forms, not just, like, one isolated incidence of it or something like that, or one isolated case of it? DeKal was a prisoner of war camp. They took communists there, along with others. And get this, 80% roughly of the communists were, were Jewish. So yeah, Jews were rounded up and taken to this camp. But according to Stephen Pinter and others, there was no gas chamber here. You say, well, that's preposterous, right? Others said they saw a gas chamber. Okay, fine. Maybe they're both right. You can ask, how are they both right? Well, they're both right because how do you define a gas chamber? If I go into my bathroom right now and I tell you, that my shower head actually pumps out gas. And you don't see whether it pumps out gas or water, and I call it a gas chamber. And other people come in and they say, actually, that's just a shower head. Well, they're both right in the sense that there's something there. Some see it as a shower, some see it as a gas chamber. So if something was there, there's definitely something at DeKal. Nobody's denying that there wasn't some kind of, like, chamber. But it wasn't a chamber where they pumped gas into it, it was a crematorium. Which is what all the evidence points to. It was a crematorium. That's where they were getting rid of people who died. And you know what Auschwitz was? The, way, the place where the Russian, uh, the Russian zone of occupation was, where Pinter and others couldn't go into? Auschwitz, there were two Auschwitz, Auschwitz-Birkenau. Auschwitz, uh, part of Auschwitz was a medical facility. And they sent all the sick people there. So just like with COVID-19... Not ironically, you send all the sick people there, the death rates go through the roof, and then you say, look, COVID's spreading. All the people are dying. Oh, look at all the people that died at Auschwitz. Oh, you're saying nobody died at Auschwitz. Well, let me ask you this question. Why would, if there was a mass extermination program, would they be sending sick Jews to medical facilities? Wouldn't they just let them die naked and, you know, just naked and, and, and frightened you know, in the cold, in the dirt, in the mud. Why did they send them to medical facilities to die? Maybe they had medical facilities there because, uh, uh, I don't know, 
Auschwitz was where they were producing war materials and they were using Jews and others as slave labor. And at the time, the Germans had discovered a new form of synthetic rubber and they were manufacturing it. And the United States government was trying to make enough rubber and they were spying at the time on the Germans and trying to figure out how are they manufacturing this. And one of the places they spied on was Auschwitz. And at no point in any government record was there any mention of any mass killings or mass grave or anything. That didn't come until after the war when the claims conference started taking all this money and using people who actually were Jews in concentration camps with numbers who might have actually survived as the shield for the deflection of criticism of their crimes. That's what it really is. It's just like, all you know, all the lesbians, and was it LGBTQ, lesbians, gays, bisexuals, trans, and queers? It's like those people are being used today by groups that want to make money and want to push political agendas. You think like all LGBTQ people vote Democrat? Why, why, would, why would they vote Democrat except that the Democratic Party just claims, oh, you're, you're part of us? So they vote Democrat because they're told to. There are plenty of gay Republicans, plenty of black Republicans. I mean, the true racists, the true bigots, that's a whole other thing. But I think you get what I'm saying. The point is, Stephen Pinter went in there. He said there's no concentration camp gas chamber, but there's a crematorium. There's, a cre- there's definitely a crematorium in there. And that's what they had at all these places. because People were dying. And that's what Heinrich Himmler said the same thing. You don't, okay, you don't have to believe Heinrich Himmler, but here's what he said. He was interviewed by the World Jewish Congress just a few weeks before the end of the war. And he said this, in order to put a stop to the epidemics, which was like typhus, we were forced to burn the bodies of incalculable numbers of people who had been destroyed by the disease. They wanted to burn the bodies to get rid of the disease. We were therefore forced to build crematoria, and on this account, they are nodding a noose for us. Okay, so all the evidence points to this being a crematorium, at Dachau and other places, and the only the only thing that stands in the way of that being reality was the Soviet Union saying you can't come in and examine this. There are but with, but just trust us. There are gas chambers here. Well, it's like why am I listening to the enemy of Germany tell me what the Germans did, but then they won't show me proof of what the Germans did? Oh, Ryan, there are gas chambers there now. Yeah, you know that a lot of those concentration camps, the Russians. Well, I shouldn't say the Russians, the communists built after the war. And there's like photographs of these camps where there's like no smokestack. And then after the war, magically, here comes a smokestack. They built it after the war in some cases. I think one of the big problems here is that you listen to this kind of commentary and you're like, you can't say that. That's offensive. You can't say that. That's definitive. What do you mean? Nobody died. Did At any point tonight, have I said anything at all about people not dying or something being fake? I'm telling you that people that suffered are being used to extort billions of dollars. I'm telling you that based on the testimony of what I would consider at least, I think he's a credible individual and, and many, many other credible individuals, people like Mr. Pinter, who worked for the War Department as an attorney and spent six years in Germany, said that he interviewed lots and lots of Jews, and uh, he doesn't believe that millions, more than a million, millions were killed. 
I mean, one, there were millions of Jews left after the war, so where did all these Jews come from? And if that is the case, fine, but why are there 240,000 Jews in the Associated Press this week, October 2020, getting $662 million from the German government? Well, because they've redefined what the word survivor means. They've redefined what the word distortion means and what the word denial means. So Facebook is banning content that denies or distorts the Holocaust. That might sound justified, but is it really justified? No, because it prevents us from exposing what the claims conference and all their criminal friends at the ADL and others do to extort, extract, control information, censor content, and do it all in the name of Oh, some Jews had tattoos and were exterminated. Okay, let's say 100 million Jews died. I'm still going to be saying the same thing about the claims conference because they're extorting, they're ripping people off. And man, oh man, do they have a lot of attorney power and they have a lot of money and they come after anybody, anywhere, no matter where you are, who you are, for simply suggesting what I'm suggesting tonight. In fact, I'm more than suggesting it. I'm telling you this as a confirmation. Oh, here's another one. The Jerusalem Post. Compensation funds awarded to Romanian Jewish Holocaust survivors. Over NIS, 9 million will be distributed this week to at least 2,100 individuals, averaging at over NIS 4,000 per person. There you, there you go. In light of the pandemic, the World Jewish restitution organization announced that funds will be awarded to Romanian Holocaust survivors. Wow, there's another 9 million. Where is this money coming from? And why is all of this money flowing so freely today, almost a century later? Like, these are the same kinds of things that the Communist Party in China did. Hey, you're guilty of what your ancestors did. Pay up or we're going to kill you. It's the same thing they do with passing, uh, you know, preparations for creating, I guess, provisions to give out reparations to black men and women in California today. That's what Newsom, that Antichrist-looking guy, that's what he's doing. It's just meant to turn people against each other while making a lot of money at the same time. I mean, it is just, it is unbelievable. But... There's more coming up on this, on the secret teachings. We're going to go a little bit deeper. It is possible. It'll be a little more offensive to some, but let me get past it, and I promise you it'll make a lot more sense when you just listen to what I'm saying and you hear what I'm saying. I don't have all the answers. I've got, like, nothing here, okay? I'm just making an observation. I want to figure this out. Once you get past the initial fright and the initial fear, like a haunted house, it's not so scary anymore. It's like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Stick with me. I'm going to break it down even further in the final segment right here on the Fringe FM. Check out our website at thesecretteachings.info for our archive and more. And if you'd like to contact us, rdgable at yahoo.com. Don't forget also thefringefest.com, thefringefest.com. Check it out to get your tickets to the Fringe Fest, October 30th, October 31st, from the Fringe FM. We have a lot of really great speakers, the Fringe Fest. Dot com. More after this. Don't go anywhere on the Fringe FM.
You are listening to The Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. To contact Ryan, email rdgable at yahoo.com. You could listen to this. And that show is now running all day Friday and all day Saturday on History Channel, which is really amazing. I don't know if there's any other show on TV that's doing that right now, so... I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week and join us to explore the outer limits and quarantine zones of history, symbolism, parapolitics, myth, and more. We don't have insiders or some galactic confederation ambassador, but we do have books, memories, critical thinking skills, and an ability to recognize patterns. And we also know a little bit about a lot. But don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. Find the Fringe.fm Monday through Friday for new episodes of The Secret Teachings or check out TalkStream Live in the Paranormal Radio app. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info to subscribe to the entire show archive so that you can listen, stream, and download every episode after it airs. Subscribers also get access to our montages and digital books www.thesecretteachings.info and The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on The Fringe FM. Don't settle for less. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence, but... I hate this channel. They all say the same thing. They're all like, you know, over the last four years, everything good that happened was because of us. And we would have done more good stuff if it wasn't for those guys. And then they, the Democrats go, oh, we did all the good stuff. <laughs> it's like you're all working for the same guy. Alex Exum. My name is Alex Exum, and I host live talk here on The Fringe FM. If you're sick of hearing about COVID-19, I invite you to listen to my show, 7 p.m. Pacific, Tuesday nights, for a COVID-free zone. We will not be talking about the C word. We discuss news, society, and culture, but not COVID-19. Go listen to the other fear mongers if you want to hear that nonsense. Want more of The Fringe? Check out thefringe.fm for more information on your favorite shows. Also, don't forget to check out The Fringe mobile app or the other ways you can tune in through the Paranormal Radio app and TalkStream Live. Where the normal and paranormal collide, it's the Fringe FM. So perception is the key, psychological warfare is the technique, and the heart is the solution. Heart perception will change everything. Did you buy Alexa? No, I don't know why people would voluntarily bug your own house. Like, do you think you're the only one listening in on that? You never saw weird science, how creepy these nerds are? All these cameras on your phone, all of that. The people go on Ancestry.com. Why would you send your saliva into the internet? Why don't you just go to the Illuminati and help them build your robot replacement? Do you like The Secret Teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a practical, balanced, and unique look at the food industry, vaccinations, the theories of disease, and geoengineering, grab a copy of Food Philosophy. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, 
black goo and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. All three books can be purchased on the website at thesecretteachings.info, where you can read reviews from other authors and radio hosts around the world. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. This is Jess Rogie with the Rogie Report News, and you're listening to the Fringe FM, KTLK Digital Broadcasting. The truth is out there, and so are we. I've got one that can see. Calling all witches, warlocks, goblins, and ghouls. Join us for a two-day Halloween extravaganza featuring the biggest names in the paranormal universe. Friday, October the 30th and Saturday, October the 31st. Get your tickets before they sell out at thefringefest.com. That is thefringefest.com. Trick or truth, the choice is yours. Do you have everything you need to explore the secret teachings? I've got my secret socks on and my secret TV. Looks like SpongeBob's ready. Are you? tuned into the fringe fm i'm ryan gable your host and this is the secret teachings five nights a week on the fringe rdgable at yahoo.com is the email www.thesecretteachings.info is the website where you can find our full show archive it's all on the website of thesecretteachings.info a new survey conducted by the conference on jewish material claims against germany also known as the claims conference has found that 11% of West Virginians, you know, the state of West Virginia, only 11% of West Virginians could be worse. Believe it's okay to hold neo-Nazi views, according to the survey. But the survey goes into more detail. According to the survey, most national respondents, 56%, said they have personally seen Nazi symbols. Oh my, oh my, oh my. Nazi symbols. What are Nazi symbols? You mean like Trump flags and bald eagles? Is that a Nazi symbol? Yeah, I'm not joking. That's actually classified as a Nazi symbol today. Mark Zuckerberg is banning through Facebook anything that he says is distorting or denying the Holocaust. They don't really uh, explain what distortion or denial means. They just say denial or distortion, just like they say Nazi symbols, just like they say survivors. So this study from the Claims Conference goes into details about how they, of course, are a little bit concerned that people are unaware of the Holocaust. And a lot of people think that it's a myth, it didn't happen, or that it happened, but the number of Jews who died is greatly exaggerated, or the people were unsure. I mean, any number given throughout history on an estimated number of people that died, like, do you think 
that exactly 62 million people died in Mao's Holocaust? No. The numbers actually vary anywhere between 60 and like 115 million. Even with access to the party archives in China, uh, they don't know. Do you really think Stalin killed like 22 million people? Or 31 million people? That's how widely the number varies. But no, in Germany, they know exactly, they have a record exactly, like to the, to the T, to the dot, to the I. Crossing that T, dot, and that I, they know exactly. They got every detail wrapped up. It's exactly 6 million Jews. And if you suggest like, well, I don't, it might have been like 5,500,000 Jews, Holocaust denier, Holocaust denial, Holocaust, it's like, what are you talking about? Though this is the hysterical reaction, much like people have hysterical reactions about anything else because of their beliefs and because of their emotions, you're not supposed to question it. You're supposed to pay up because it's extortion. Do you have a shekel? Even if I have a shekel, I'm not giving you a shekel because I didn't do anything. All right? And I find it reprehensible that you're using people with tattoos on their arms who are elderly and on their deathbed to strip billions of dollars out of Germany today, which is what the claims conference has just done to Germany today, literally today. They have taken another half a billion euros from Germany to give to Holocaust survivors who are struggling with the coronavirus pandemic. That's literally what the Associated Press reported. I read that article, and I had I had a really difficult time picking my jaw up off of my desk. Like, really. My mouth actually fell open. I was reading that, and I thought, are you kidding me? And then there's another one. This is in the news today as well. The Jerusalem Post, the same claims conference, has worked with the Israeli government to find eligible elderly survivors to receive grants to the tune of $9 million for Romanian Jewish Holocaust survivors. And it's like, Ryan, there are so many people that survived the Holocaust. How can you deny it? Who said I didn't? What are you talking about? Deny it. Can you just shut up for a second? What are you talking about? No, what happened is Jewish people have been exploited just like today. LGBTQ people are exploited. And they make you, they make you think like there's never been a gay person who's voted for a Republican. They make you think like there's never been a black person who's voted Republican. They make you think like there's never been any other group of people who have owned slaves, committed atrocities, there's no, never, no, never any other political ideology that's corrupt. It's just like, just Nazism, just white people, just white supremacy. And mostly straight men. You see who's really bigoted? So this claims conference, here they are again. This is out of Morgantown, West Virginia, WBOY. And they said that the data they collected and, and the details that they have showing that in a national survey, 63% of people did not know that 6 million Jews were murdered. 36% thought that 2 million or fewer Jews were killed during the Holocaust. Well, that just is, that's more of like a fact, considering the fact that they actually changed the plaque at Auschwitz 
and uh, in many other places, the numbers have been drastically reduced because they never found evidence of anything. They just had initial claims just like, oh, my God, millions of people are going to die from coronavirus. Be afraid, afraid, afraid. And then nobody really dies. And then they're like, well, we never said that. And what are you saying? Nobody died. It's the, it's the same exact thing. It doesn't matter if it's the Jewish Holocaust or if it's COVID-19. It's the same damn thing. It's the same damn, damn scam. In fact, uh, at DeKalb, the concentration camp DeKalb, the official casualties, which were 238,000, were reduced downward, 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 until about 20,600 were left. So officially, 20,600 20, people roughly died at DeKalb, and of the 20,600 people that died, they died of starvation and typhus. It's a prisoner of war camp, a uh, prisoner of war camp where the attorney for the U.S. Uh, war Department went and spent a lot of time there and said there's no gas chamber, there's just a crematorium. That's what he said. It's not, it's not what I'm saying. And I, it's like, then I get people that message me and say, well, you, oh, what are you saying that, are you saying that the, the, the Einsatzgruppen, that they, that they didn't do anything to Jews? No, what I'm saying is that people did a lot of horrific things to other people. And the lead prosecutor of the Einsatzgruppen, who was also Jewish, admitted publicly, on record, that he tortured these people to extract confessions through death threats. Torture doesn't work. If... You have proof of what they did. You wouldn't have to torture them for admittance of something that they supposedly did. Maybe they don't want to admit it, but if you have all this evidence and proof, the only evidence and proof you have is extracting confessions out of people by beating them half to death. And plus, you don't think that's a little bit bias? You have Jewish prosecutors going after Nazis? That's ridiculous. Like that un unwatchable, unbearable piece of trash that Amazon has out with uh, Al Pacino. You know, where they're Nazi hunters or something? Like, I want to make a movie that's called, like, Communist Hunters. And we just go get all the communist sympathy. You know that the German Nazi party, like, uh, as an ideology continued, but the, the country of Germany was defeated, like, 80 years ago, all right? The Soviet Union fell, like, in my lifetime. So there are plenty of people that we could go prosecute for crimes against humanity who are, are not just like elderly, they're middle-aged. They're well alive today. I mean, then you also have like, you know, companies like Google and Facebook where they work with ex-Stasi uh, members. I just, I don't see how this cannot be uh, seen for what it is. But maybe I have some kind of... Uh, I have some kind of bias. I don't know. Dr. Joshua Arthurs, a history professor at West Virginia University, said one reason that the numbers are so low on specific figures of Holocaust awareness might be that the Holocaust is becoming a more distant history for the younger generation. Really? Well, um, there are probably plenty of people that, you know, like myself, uh, I was not alive in the 17th or 18th century, and yet I love that part of history. Um, very distant, but I'm into it. There are plenty of people who are into, uh, I don't know, like Roman history. That's really far away. And I don't know, there's several million people that are into the history of Jesus. And uh, that's really, really far away. There's a bunch of people that are into Muhammad and a bunch of people that are into Buddha. I mean, these are like indiscernible amounts of time. Um, it's not, it's not uh, preventing them from 
being interested in those things, but it's just the Holocaust, just the Holocaust. So they go into details like uh, the claims conference. And this is where it all comes from. The claims conference recently launched a digital campaign, hashtag no denying it, asking Facebook to remove Holocaust denial content from the platform. The campaign includes videos from survivors who are speaking directly to CEO Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, so now it all makes sense. So let me get this straight. The claims conference that has extorted billions of dollars by using Jewish victims to steal money and put it into their own pockets and to create museums and programs at universities to perpetuate not the myth or the lie of the Holocaust, but the myth that it's dying away, so we need more money to keep it going, are petitioning Facebook to remove Holocaust denial. And then Mark Zuckerberg comes out as a hero, and he's like, look, man, I've struggled with the tension between standing for free expression and the harm caused by minimizing or denying the horror of the Holocaust, and I'm going to ban it. They neglected to mention that, as this Reuters article, a Reuters article has the headline, Facebook to ban content that denies or distorts the Holocaust, they just kind of like, I don't know, forgot to mention that it wasn't Zuckerberg's idea and his struggle with free speech and the Holocaust denial and what the horrors that it causes. No, they forgot to mention that it was the claims conference and the ADL that went after Facebook and said, ban it. But Zuckerberg's like, no, I just, I've been sitting here meditating and, uh, you know, the Jewish people... um, you know, my family, this just means, means a lot to me, but I, the pain that we go through from the Holocaust denial and, and then free speech, and I don't know what to do. We're going to have to ban it. I'm so sorry. We're going to we're gonna have to break, we're gonna have to break uh, our social con- contract, and uh, we're going to have to ban it. We just, uh, there's nothing else we can do about it. And it's like behind him is the claims conference and the ADL, and they're telling him, like, look, dude, ban this right now. Ban it, ban it, ban it, ban it, ban it. But Zuckerberg's the hero. Oh, he, he's concerned about free speech. Get, give me a break. These people make me want to throw up. Again, you know what it's all for, right? It's all for money. That's what it's all for. You're saying the Holocaust didn't happen? Man, man, I'll tell you what, man. If you think that at this point, 90 minutes into the show, well, more than 90 minutes into the show, you have not been listening to anything that I've said. No, no. What I'm saying is, I'm, I'm trying to be nice. Like, seriously, what I'm saying is, look, a group of criminals got together and extorted countries and extorted your individual emotions to get you to support them to make billions of dollars, not off of the reality or the myth of the Holocaust, but over the fear that, like the West Virginia University history professor, Dr. Joshua Arthur said, The Holocaust is becoming a more distant history for the younger generation, so we need more attention paid to it. More Holocaust studies, more museums, more documentaries, VR sets. We need VR headsets now. They've got that. I just find this very interesting that you can't have a discussion about it. Why is that? Why can't you have a discussion about it? Why is it that even trying to have a discussion is like listed as anti-Semitic. It's just, it's just a, it's a buzzword. It's meant to discredit what you're saying, demean what you're saying. Meanwhile, a bunch of Arabs are walking around as actual Semites, and it's not anti-Semitic to hate Islam for some people. And, uh, you know, 
even our language, even our language. We say that's, that's an individual right there who's concerned with where the comma goes in a sentence. They're a grammar Nazi. That's the thing. You ever heard of that grammar Nazi? Or, um, you know, you hear this all the time. Real communism hasn't been tried yet. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? Real communism hasn't been tried yet. Can you explain that to me? What, what, are you, what are you talking about? Real communism hasn't been tried yet, man. So here's what I've done. I flipped all this over, and this is what I've done for a couple of years now. When someone says, jokingly, like, what are you, like a grammar Nazi? I say, absolutely not. How insulting. I'm a grammar communist, and I will indiscriminately kill all of the improper grammar. And then I say, um, someone says you're anti-Semitic. I say, actually, you're anti-Gentile. And then, uh, this is one of my favorites. And you know, I don't have a political, like, identity, and I don't like extremism on the right or the left. But I think it's interesting to flip this saying around when people say, man, communism, it just hasn't been tried. Real communism hasn't been tried. Okay, great, I agree with you. Let's try real communism, but if we're going to try real communism, let's try real Nazism. I can hear... I can hear how silent it is in your house right now or in your car. Anti-Gentile, grammar commie, real Nazism hasn't been tried. Are those things that make you upset? I'm not trying to trigger you and trying to be hyperbolic. I'm not trying to make you upset. But if those things make you sweat to say them, you might need to reassess your views on the world. Because if you're so concerned over those three things, like, no, it's anti-Semitic, it's grammar Nazi, real communism hasn't been tried yet. Well, no, real Nazism hasn't been tried. You're an anti-Gentile and uh, you're a grammar commie. And the interesting thing about that is a lot of these concentration camps were actually overseen by the Russians, the communists, and they built some of the things that later are now today shown as what the Germans built, but they were built by the Russians. Or the, I should say the communists. They're not Russian, just like the Nazis. They're not Germans. They're, they're, not, they're Nazis. You know? So that's what it's all about. It's about getting money, a lot of money. It's like, hey, get that Holocaust money. You know, was that Rick Ross or something? Or Buster, it was Buster Rhymes. Hey, get that A-Rab money. Hey, we getting Holocaust money. Billions and 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 billions of dollars just stolen, ripped off. And there's like someone who actually survived a concentration camp on their deathbed somewhere. And, and they've got next to nothing. And they're being used so that some rich, powerful elitists can make another billion dollars this year. Shouldn't, that just makes me think. Doesn't it make you want to throw up? West Virginia, of all the states, though, West Virginia ranked with a, 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 an average 28th in Holocaust knowledge. They're breaking it down by state. And they tied for first in the top ten states that have heard of the Holocaust with North Dakota. 11% of respondents from West Virginia said that it's okay to hold neo-Nazi views, but it's actually lower than the national average. Uh, what does that even mean? This is the claims conference did some big study, and they're like, look, West Virginians believe that it's okay to hold neo-Nazi views. Uh, 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 it is okay to hold neo-Nazi views. 
Here's why it's okay to hold neo-Nazi views. I'm not a neo-Nazi. I think those people are just as dumb as communists are, or just as dumb as black supremacists are, or just as dumb as any other group of people that make that their collectivized hive mind identity, and they don't know how to converse with others with an open mind without becoming hysterical and emotional and reacting with aggression and hatred and violence while beating you down, telling you, I believe in justice and love and peace. Bam, 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 bam. So what this is really about then is just like Zuckerberg censoring content on Facebook. It's saying, hey, you know what? White supremacy, this is not a good thing. And we can generally agree on that. Like, personally, I I don't understand white supremacy, and I don't understand black supremacy or any other supremacy. I just, like, think we're we're just human beings, and I think race is much of a, a social construct. And I think gender is a biological, natural construct. It's not a social construct. And I think that most of us get along pretty well. And a lot of us like to feel, uh, you know, we feel good in our own communities, and that's cool. That's how we all are. That's how animals are for the most part. Sometimes a duck will hang out with a dog, though, you know. But we can agree, like, I don't really like that ideology, but personally, I don't think it should be banned or illegal because if you can justify banning something because you don't like it or because it's considered hateful or whatever, you've set a dangerous precedent to ban anything because one person doesn't like it. And so there's two things here that really, I think, need to be addressed as we come into the final few minutes on the show tonight. One of those things is in the free, open marketplace of ideas, where we have conversations, people are going to say things that are offensive. And when they say things that are offensive that other people don't like, well, that will create the environment that if enough people don't like it, it will naturally work its way out of the system. So, in other words, what Facebook banning content or government censorship, what that really is, is like taking a hard drug that just poisons the body. When you could just let your body flush it out naturally, and in the open marketplace of free thought and free ideas, those kinds of reprehensible views and statements will eventually work their way out. And if they don't work their way out, they're going to work their way into a little tiny cancerous growth, and those people, as long as they aren't causing physical harm, are going to live amongst themselves and have their beliefs and they're allowed to have those beliefs oh my god but you're saying that no i'm not saying anything except those people have a right to believe whatever they want to believe and as long as they're not physically harming somebody else they can have those beliefs and live on a compound and do whatever they want to do the other thing that i think is needing to be addressed is why nazism and white people and why are these things like the most reprehensible things that have ever, ever happened in human history? That's what I, I just don't understand. I just don't understand that. Like, what is so bad about Nazism that you wouldn't get in any other authoritarian state if we define Nazism as, uh, you know, the extreme right or something? Like, you know that the extreme right isn't just Nazism, right? Like, it, that's a specific kind of national socialist identity. I mean, oh, it's fascism. Well, that was Mussolini. It wasn't Hitler. That was Mussolini controlling people wrapped in a bundle of sticks with a big axe 
So you control people in mass and collectives. That sounds like, yeah, fascism. It sounds like communism. It sounds like any collective ideology dominated by a hierarchical, oppressive uh, Politburo. What are you implying by that? Here's what I'm implying. My walls are, are white in my studio. That's it. What do you mean by that? I don't mean anything. They're just white. Well, maybe, maybe they're ivory. And uh, I'm asking, why are Nazis more reprehensible than communists? And if you give me this crap about, oh, they killed Jews, let me ask you this. You speak of the Holocaust as some unique form of Jewish suffering. There's a lot of problems with that. First of all, if it's unique and there's nothing else like it, it's one of a kind, unlike anything else, then you have to acknowledge that everything is uh, unique to some degree. But if the uniqueness of this event compared to others is it, it's so uh, different, well, then you're suggesting that those who carried it out had a similarly unique reasoning, that the horrible things done to Jews were justified by some horrible justification that has to have some deeper meaning behind it. In other words, what I mean is Hitler didn't wake up one day on the wrong side of the bed and thought, uh, I hate Jews today. There's a reason for that. And you didn't wake up on the wrong side of the bed today and decide, I hate capitalists. You didn't wake up on the wrong side of the bed today and think, I hate white supremacists. You've been conditioned to believe that. There's reasoning behind it. I didn't wake up on the wrong side of the bed and say, you know what, I've had a lot of relationship problems with women cheating on me in relationships or using me and lying to me. I mean, that's my experience. I didn't wake up on the wrong side of the bed and just suddenly think that. That's been my experience. Oh, you're saying you hate all women? No, just that's an experience. It's like, oh, well, I've been ripped off by a lot of, um, and I've been ripped off by a lot of like, uh, you know, whatever this group of people is. Oh, you hate that group of people. No, I just don't like dealing with that group of people. You know, I, it's just, they're just, it, my walls are white in my studio. They're ivory. Like I've got a picture frame hanging there on the wall to my right. Is that, does that imply anything? No. What are you saying? You don't like to hang things without picture frames? You don't like tax? No, I just said that's a picture frame. That's all that it is. That's all I'm saying. I'm just trying to understand this and I'm trying to do it with you. And that's, that's it. That's how the Holocaust crumbles. You're saying it's not real. Never did one time tonight. Did I say it wasn't real? Oh, you implied it. When did I imply it? Because I said the claims conference extorted billions of dollars? Because I asked you why we can't say anti-Gentile instead of anti-Semitic when Arabs are Semitic? When I said, why can't we try real Nazism as opposed to people saying we can't try real communism? Why haven't we tried that? You say grammar Nazi, why can't we say grammar commie? I'm just trying to understand why some things are acceptable and some things are not. And why if six million Jews died and they're really important, then why aren't we concerned about uh, the Holodomor? Why aren't we concerned about the mass murder in Russia or China or anywhere else, Cambodia, or, uh, you know, anywhere in the world where there's been atrocity? Why isn't there billions of dollars set aside for that? Well, because here's the bottom line. They take that money. And they don't put it towards helping anybody. They put it towards perpetuating not the myth or the lie or the truth that something did or did not happen. They put it towards the myth that people forget that it happened. So they need more money to help you remember that it happened so that they can make more money telling you that it is going away in our memories and we need to remember it again. It's all about extortion. It's all about money. They're asking you, can you spare a shekel, please? Can you spare a shekel? 
please just one shekel. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Real quick, I'm going to give you the lineup of uh, websites and contact. rdgable at yahoo.com. That's rdgable at yahoo.com. Facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings. That's Facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings. TheFringeFest.com for The Fringe Fest coming up the weekend of Halloween. TheFringeFest.com. And our website, www.thesecretteachings.info. If you enjoy this show, if you like the content, if you don't like it, whatever it might be, but you'd like to subscribe, and maybe it's surprising, maybe it's not. There's just lots of people that subscribe to this show because they hate me, which is cool. If you want to subscribe, it's on the website. When you subscribe, you get access to all the shows and the montages and the digital books, or you can grab the books separately. When you subscribe or buy a book, it supports the show, the network, and you. Stay safe, stay informed, and look for that new The Secret Teachings introduction tomorrow night on the show. We're going to have a new introduction. Don't go anywhere. Stay tuned to The Fringe. Stay safe and stay informed. Stay informed.